This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here with you on a Saturday morning. And, uh, oh, the weather outside is frightful. But hey, it could Buffalo, be a lot worse. Oh, yeah. I know, no, no. I'm, I'm I was kidding. going to say in Buffalo. In Toronto. Well, we're what's doing, it, but Western New York. Oh, man. Well, it's off the lake there, yeah, you know, know, and they get that the horrible uh, off the lake uh, lake effect. precipitation. Yes. So, and okay, so. I we, can't believe that they've got that much snow. It's just uh, unbelievable. Okay, so you know how you're doing the Movember thing. And, yes, and I you're am. looking quite Movembery, well, by the way. You. Thank but you. But in Buffalo, they now call it Snowvember. Uh, and with good reason. Yes. You know, the big worry, of course, in the next couple of days is because the temperature is rising, the ground is still frozen, so all that snow is going to start to melt, and the, those roofs. Roofs. They've already oh, had some come in. Oh, boy. Just, so our, heart, our hearts go out to you, I know, people, in case exactly. we've got listeners uh, from uh, the other side of the, the pond there, the pond, the river. The um, lake. Yeah, the lake. <laughs> <laughs> where, where am I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not in Britain. That, no, no, of course I'm not. Wait. <laughs> you, I'm back. You're in Canada. <laughs> Sitting here with your smoking only, jacket. Uh, only in Canada. You say? <laughs> All right. So this is the garden show, isn't it? It is. Yes. I thought I'd just check. I looked at my label. Yes, there I am. Yes, sous chef. Okay. Frank phone numbers. Proctor. My name's Charlie Dobbin, and we're here to talk gardening. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, and the phone numbers uh, for Toronto: four one six three six zero four seven four zero or. 4740. Okay? And then 1 866 740 4740, anywhere in the province, toll free. Our mantra, of course, call early, call often. One question per call. And please let uh, James Patrick Dooley know that you're on the line and you're a first time caller, and we'll haul out the wind chimes for you. That's right. Yeah. Our welcoming chimes. So, you know, speaking about big snowfalls mm. and crazy weather, because yeah. clearly we've got some funny things going on oh, here, yeah. too, between the cold that we had the last few days and now the warm coming through. Mm-hmm. You know, rain is coming. They're talking freezing rain. Here's a couple of really important things to think about, which are those, you know, last minute winter's coming chores for outdoors. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, just a quick run through. And this is, I'll start with just this one for now. And this is the one I was out doing in that cold, which is drain your hoses and bring them inside and shut off your outdoor taps. Because it suddenly oh, yeah. got pretty, pretty crispy at my house and uh, my uh, outdoor water was still on. So I, I could crack the pipe and then ex- you're in big, big trouble. Exactly. So yeah. I, got, I got the water turned off inside, went outside to open the faucet, yeah. frozen solid. Uh-oh. So there I am with my little hair dryer plugged in. I'm like heating, warming the faucet so I could open it just in case, yeah. right? So anyway, I got that done. So everybody do that now. Well, maybe not. Do it today or tomorrow. Even Monday is going to be super warm. But after that, it's yeah. game over. Like yeah, do it while you can. Watch out. Um, okay, so we'll come up with some more tips as as in the next 
few few hours, not few hours, few minutes as we get through the hour. And uh, I just wanted to remind everybody that I attended the second annual Aster Awards on Thursday at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, and it was a lovely event. Uh, it was great food, nice wine. I got to, hey, I got to hobnob with Margaret Atwood. You are kidding. And Charles Pachter. Ooh. And we talked about gardening, and we talked about Look at you. authoring, and we talked about our Twitter accounts, and uh, it was very fun. And Mar- Margaret Atwood was lovely. She was very approachable, very gracious, and uh, I should have thought to ask her if she wanted to come on the show, so I'm going to have to follow up with that later. But uh, she was very, very nice, and I was thrilled to bits to be there. Uh, coming up, November started on November 15th, runs right through until January 4th, is the Royal Botanical Gardens celebrating the season of the holiday traditions. Mm. So all kinds of celebrations featuring... The train show, the RBG train show, experience the winter wonderland of magical Hendry Park, make your way along the trail of festive lights, past the candy cane gardens and into Santa's cabin for a visit. Uh, Warm up in the RBG centre with weekends filled with all kinds of children's entertainment, choirs, crafts and story time for Santa's little helpers. So check out www.rbg.ca. You and I, after last week's show, went to High Park, had a lovely breakfast. You were the cheapest date I've ever taken out. (laughs) But nevertheless, we had a very nice breakfast and we collected acorns. Yeah, and you know what? What? I put – remember the two acorns I put in my pocket? Yes. I forgot a lot. They were in my my, uh, winter pocket there and and I changed coats and it had been hanging in the hall for Lord knows how many days. And I suddenly put it back on and I (gasps) the acorns. And you told me to put them – I called you. I know and you put (sighs) – Anyway. Yeah. So there it goes. Anyway, it'll be interesting. I'm gonna we're gonna run through what to do with those acorns. Okay. And of course, the first thing you're gonna do when you get home, and you're gonna remember to do this, yeah. aren't you, Frank? Because yes, I'm gonna like I'm gonna go you. back over today to high and pick up some more. You might want to. Yeah. But but you know what you do right away, and this is what I've oh, learned because okay. I was looking this up yesterday. I should have done it earlier. As soon as you collect some acorns with the desire to actually grow an oak tree, is you take them home and you put them into water. Okay. Yeah, just a little bowl of water. Oh, okay. Let them sit in water at minimum 24 hours. Okay. At the end of 24 hours, the ones that have sunk to the bottom are likely the live ones. Oh, okay. If any of the ones, if any or all of them are floating on the surface, game over. They're, they're yeah. done. They're toast. So that right away separates the, the wheat from the chaff, so okay. to speak. And then what do you do with them? After oh, you... Oh, you want to know that? Well, that's top secret. I'm going to tell oh. you that as the show continues. <laughs> okay. Don't go away. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned for more on the old acorn uh, yeah, quest that's here. That's yes, right. acorn. Acorn to an oak Boy, I tell you, that's a perfect thing for us to play. The nut patrol, we're, you know, it's not a long trip for either one of us. Speak for yourself. Uh, Well, I'm going to speak for both of us. All three, (laughs) because James Patrick Dooley is no no rose himself. Okay, you know what? I've got to do my exercise. He might be a cashew. I've got to do my exercise. I I can see that. I'm going to stand back, because once you get going, I I get poked in the eye. (laughs) Look out, Charlie. I am. Here we go. So why is Frank doing his exercises? The people are lining up outside. They're laughing, they're pointing. Why is Frank doing that? Well, because he took his Sierra Sil today. I did so. Sierra Sil is a completely natural mineral supplement that both Frank and I take to be pain-free and be able to do our exercises and shovel our driveways and, you know, golf and garden and do all the things we love to do. And 
and you something? Oh, I'm sorry. And you some of us like to fall out of pine trees. <laughs> well, no, I'm, you're referring to the topical analgesic spray. That's a new product from uh, Sierra Sil, and you spray it, on, and it, it, it contains seven of the world's best and best known natural healers. Mm-hmm. Things like uh, rosemary oil and uh, lemon lavender. oil and lavender and peppermint yeah. and camphor. That's what I, oh, I suddenly camphor. read. That's why I thought I'd fallen out of a pine tree. It's the camphor. <laughs> At least it didn't hurt when he fell, no, right? It, but it, it relieves your pain. And I had a lot of tension in my back. So there, so you, there go. you go. So topical spray, yep. which Frank is swearing by, Cirocil pills, which both myself and Elliot swears by. And so more, for more information, check them on the web, sierrasil.ca, or give them a call in Vancouver, one eight seven seven joint 14 S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, let's, uh, Charlie, say hi to Mary in Brampton, one of our regular callers, and always delighted to uh, welcome her to the show. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, Charlie, two weeks ago I called you about rhizomes. Yes. And you said you would check it out? Yes. Did you check it out? No, not yet. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> All right, I have to be honest. <laughs> oh, I appreciate Listen, the rhizomes are alive because i got a spindly little stem that's saying hi. Oh, yeah. They, remember, they are little bulbs, and they should be alive. The question is, is the dormancy. That was what I wasn't so I sure about. I do. just having trouble reading this. All right. So here we go. So uh, dwarf beauties. Princess Lily is the common name. Ulster Mary is the proper name. Uh, yeah. Okay. How do you pronounce it? Uh, it's A-L, sorry, A-L-S-T. Ulster. Ulstro. So A-L-S-T-R. Mira. And then O E. Maria, so Alstra Maria. I think I prefer Princess Lilies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so outdoor beds. We've done all that. Now, water lightly during. Okay, here's the winter in warm. Yeah, but that's warm areas. Planters, pots, tubs, fill and water, and then in warm areas. In areas cooler than so, advisable to bring them inside during the cold months. Of course, you've done that. Of course. Situate the plants in a sunny window. Don't be concerned if a few leaves fall off as the plant adjusts to the out from the outdoor environment to the indoor one. Water lightly during the winter. Uh, they may be moved outdoors again when the... Well, okay, this isn't suggesting that they have to go dormant. This particular website I've gone to, which is easytogrowbulbs.com. Okay. Uh, so they're suggesting that <clears throat> treat it as these uh, plants as a house plant because you had them in, in pots, right? Uh, correct, yes. And you brought them in well before the frost. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's still dry back and, and it's, it's pitiful looking except for this little stem that's, that's surviving. Excellent. So sunshine, get them on a sunny window. Ledge, as sunny or brightest spot you've got. Of course, avoid drafts. You don't want hot air blowing on them or cold air. Okay. And and if it's bone dry right now, if the pot or pots are bone dry, give them a water, like a thorough watering with some tepid room temperature water. Mm-hmm. Once you've done that thorough watering today, say, of course, you will not water again until they've dried down. Now that might be. 10 days, two weeks, even longer, because there's not a lot of action in there to take the moisture away. But for now, that will, will you know, give some moisture to those underground little tubers, and you should start to see a bunch of little green sprouts popping up. I don't have to feed them at this time. You don't have to see them, did you say? Yeah. Uh, well, you, it sounds like you probably should do that, and then you will see them. 
The, oh, okay, it's, see, I was thinking they needed needed a dormant period. Well, yours have had an enforced dormant period. They're there. Just wake them back up and get them growing. They won't do a lot of flowering for you indoors, but they will be little green plants that will be all ready to flower as soon as we get into longer days in February and March. Yeah, that's what I want. I just want to keep them alive until yeah. the conditions get better. That's right. And once we're frost-free, you're back outside with them in the spring. Sounds like, sounds like a plan. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for calling back and reminding me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't want to embarrass you. Well, no, anyway, no, it's good. I appreciate it and have a wonderful holiday. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Mary. And you too. Because okay, I guess guys. your Thanksgiving's yeah. coming up. Yes, that's the right. American, that Hello. Next well, weekend, Mary lives I guess. in Brampton. She's I from know. the Bronx. Yeah. Well, that's right. You know, Originally. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, my love. Yes, uh, dear. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, and we've got a first timer on the line who, ah, good heavens. All set to talk about a stink bug in an apple. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, we're coming back, Charlie and I, on the Garden Show here from AM740, right after these words. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And as is the usual the case, uh, Frank Proctor here, the sous chef <laughs> of the garden, sitting beside Charlie. And I'm um, looking at the, my gosh, you've got two. Two lines open right now, so if you've been trying in the past to get a hold of Charlie, and, oh, too busy. No, we we got a line or two free. Four one six three six zero forty seven forty here in Toronto or anywhere else in the province. It's toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And let's go to the line now. I'm just oh, we, I've got to get the chimes out. There they are. The chimes are ringing for June in Dunville. Hi, June. Good morning to both of you, and thank you. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I have a problem, well, at least I had a problem this year with stink bugs and my poor apple tree. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even get one load of applesauce out of it. Oh, so that, it was full of apples. So the fruit just ended up being so misshapen? Well, yes, it had all these bumps over it mm. that went in. To the middle, so I mean, there's no insects as such in the middle mm-hmm. of the apple, but it was just rotten. Oh, yeah, they do. They are a sucking insect, and so they can certainly cause misshapen fruit and, um, yeah, discoloration of fruit, etc. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, it was stink bugs. You saw these insects on the tree. Yes. Mm-hmm. And of course, managed to catch one for the men of ag. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, when you catch it, just be very careful you don't squish it. Yes, that's what they told me. Yeah, they're called stink bugs for a reason. <laughs> yes, it, I know that. If you squish a stink bug, that stinks. And it also attracts more stink bugs. It's very interesting how that wow. works. Yeah, so so what to do? Now tell me about these apple trees. Is it multi-trees or just one tree? I have two. Two. And you had the issue, the insects on both trees? Yes. How, did you use dormant spray in the spring? Yes. Okay. And that was, you did that, you know, as per instructions, uh, pr, you know, there was no rain within 24 hours, the temperatures were above freezing, that sort of thing? Correct. Okay. So that was all good. That was what you should have done because dormant spray on our fruit trees is important and it does kill overwintering eggs on trees. Mm-hmm. However, stink bugs, if they can find a good spot to spend the winter as an adult, will do so. 
So a couple of suggestions here. Uh, good garden hygiene. Make sure that you've no debris on the ground around the trees uh, as winter comes and as spring starts. There's these, this is a wonderful hiding spot for insects to hide in uh, and overwinter and then wake up in the spring and go to work. So if you make sure everything's well raked and clear below and around the trees. That's number one. Uh, number two, traps can be used for stink bugs in the um, pheromone traps, the yellow sticky cards. Oh. They are very attracted to the color yellow. And in, in indoors, we use a kind of a funky little thing called sticky sticks yes. made by safers. Uh, you can get that same idea for outdoors. Uh, certainly the growers use yellow cards within the greenhouse environment for attracting fungus gnats and various uh, pests in the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. So that might be something that could work for you. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, we'd have to do a certain amount of looking into the life cycle of the specific. So when you caught one, did you take it to your local garden center and ask uh, sort of anybody there? Because it, it'd be important to identify the actual stink bug you've got then what's its life cycle and try and stop it, you know, while it's in the egg laying, like destroy the eggs kind of thing. Look for eggs, destroy them, do the pruning required to remove the eggs if necessary. Because they do lay their eggs on the underside of the leaves. That means a lot of climbing, <laughs> and I'm past the age for that one. Yeah, well, and well, that's a good point. Um, have these apples been properly pruned? Typically, we prune them when they're dormant. And they were like, not done this year, but they were done last year. Yeah, they should be pruned like February, March is yes. the time to prune them. So that's fine. Okay. But it means trying to get somebody in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so that's that's the challenge. I mean, certainly the dormant spray is both oil and lime sulfur. Yes. So lime sulfur is used as a fungicide for our tasty fruit and fruits and berries. The uh, horticultural oil is um, it's a surfactant, so it coats the uh, surface areas of the plants and it smothers anything on the plants. So sometimes horticultural oil is used later in the season, not just on a dormant plant, but later once past the flowering stage, because we never spray fruit trees in flower, but it's used uh, at, at mixed with water, obviously, to spray, like I mentioned, to annihilate things like eggs or adults when they are feeding on the trees. I was wondering about that. Yeah, me- we are in a position where we always have wind. Right. And can really get gusty wind. Right. Yeah, fair. You don't want to spray anything when it's super windy because you just no. end up spraying yourself. <laughs> you know, so we have to the- do it in a little space, usually early in the morning. Right. Dawn and dusk is when it's least windy. Yeah. Um, also, pyrethrin-based spray, uh, but and same with the oil-based spray, both of these require contact with the insect. So that's the challenge. When it's windy, you know, it's getting out there. When it's not windy, when the insects are active, spraying to coat the insects, and that will kill them. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for your call. <laughs> have a good great luck with yeah, that. Yeah, you do have a great day, Jane. Uh, June, that is, pardon me. And you're yeah. with the Garden Show here from AM 740 as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. And Charlie, you know, uh, being the uh, control room producer, as is James Patrick, it's not an easy job. Mm. Uh, first of all, he's got a ladder in there. It's a six-foot ladder. And he's got to climb up. And, and the wind chimes that we've got hanging from the ceiling, <laughs> gotta he's got to stand there. <laughs> exactly. And so there he is. Look, he climbed. Yeah the ladder is blowing on the wind chimes and those chimes are for Shirley in Brampton welcome ah. first time caller hi good morning. good morning good morning welcome to the show tell him not to fall off his ladder okay, I know yeah. he's coming back down <laughs> <laughs> um, this yeah this renanthrum plant that I've had since last Mother's Day okay and thurium yep and it's 
um, supposed to flower all the time? Mm-hmm. Or well, like I haven't had a flower on it since I had one on it when I got it. Right. But since then, I haven't had any on it. So what window do you have it in? It's the southwest. Okay. So that's pretty sunny. Yeah. And did you have it there all summer? Um. Like no. right in the window? Yeah. Hot, hot. I was going to say it'd be a bit intense in the, yeah, su- no, in the summer. No, I didn't have it there. I just moved it in the fall, actually. Yeah, and during the summer, of course, it sounds like a nice bright room. So to yes. have that in three, 10 feet away from the window, it would be fine. Yeah, and that's now, what yeah, it was. You're right, back into the window. My, in my experience, what makes a difference for anthurium is lots of moisture. Okay. So that is a plant. I mean, some plants we want to let them dry right out between waterings. Some plants we want to let them mostly dry out between waterings. In thurium, you don't really want to let it dry out at all. You always want to feel the soil and you always want it to feel yeah, well, moist. Yeah, I've been trying to do that, yeah. keeping it moist. Yeah, keep, make sure there's no drafts, no hot or cold drafts. No. Misting is a great idea if you have a spritzer or a mister bottle. I they don't. love humidity. Uh-huh. Or the other thing is the little pebble tray. It can't. It's probably not too big a plant. It's probably no, a six inch yet. or eight inch pot. So just a like a, you know, a Chinese takeout uh, container kind of tray. Put a little bit of gravel in the bottom. Oh, sit okay. the pot on top of the gravel. Mm-hmm. Put water into that container so that the wa- the gravel is in the water, but the plant is sitting above the water, and have that water just evaporating around the plant uh, all the time. Oh. You will find that will make a difference as well. They yeah. do. Okay. They are. They are a tropical that do love their humidity. And as our furnaces come on, the tropicals do start to suffer in the uh, yes. dry air. All right. Uh, um, and have you fertilized at all since you got the plant? Um, just a couple of times. Okay. Probably not enough. Well, it's yeah. It's one of those things that at the most you would only ever fertilize once a month. And, of course, now that the days are getting shorter, we tend to pull back on our fertilizing because plants aren't using the, as much moisture as they were. So no panic on that. Probably I would wait till January before I fertilized again. And then just mark it on the calendar, make it a once a month. Um, it could be year-round fertilizing or, you know, 10 months out of 12 uh, fertilizing with, with an anthurium. Okay. All right. So that's why I haven't had any flowers on it because it's... It might just be moisture, humidity, um, lack of nutrient. You know, hard to say what what kind of a medium it's been planted into. Yeah, it's nice and healthy looking. Oh, great. Lovely Lovely and shiny and green. Lovely plants. Oh, it'll start popping flowers before you know it. Just get a little more moisture and and do crank a bit of fertilizer after Christmas. Okay. All right. Thank Thanks for your call. Have, Thank have you, Have a Shirley. nice holiday. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. And uh, don't be a stranger. Okay. <laughs> First time caller now, you're you're part of the club. Okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Charlie Dobbin, Frank Proctor here with you on the I like uh, that. Don't show. be a stranger. Don't be a stranger. Yeah. Doors Come always on open. back. Anytime. Exactly. Yeah, Bring money. Here. <laughs> Bring money. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I, 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 I got digress. I digress. I digress. Uh, well, not enough to avoid our next caller, for heaven's sakes. Catherine in, uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Yes, Waterloo is on the line. Good morning, Catherine. Catherine? Good, good morning, Charlie, and, and uh, I, I, I'm not Frank. sure of your name. It's Frank. okay, Frank. Frank Proctor, uh, the yeah. sous chef. Good morning. <laughs> I know. How, um, now, um, I have uh, just the plainest of house plants. Um, it, it's um, a snake plant, oh, yeah. a cactus, and a jade plant. Okay. And uh, uh, I, uh, now, then I, I've heard that not to fertilize. Not at this time of year. Not this time. Because this is what I do. In mm-hmm. the summer, I put them out. Right. Uh, Good. On a, uh, uncovered deck. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then I thought, 
when I bring them in for the winter, that's when I put the fertilizer on. Oh, opposite. Opposite. Yep. <laughs> okay. You know how you, the way to remember, we, we feed our plants when they're actively growing because that fertilizer will support that growth. So active growth takes place typically in the spring and all through the summer. In the fall and the, the growth slows down and in the winter plants stay pretty static. You don't see much new growth at all. Yeah. So it, what you know sort of happens from a, a physiological perspective is if we dump fertilizer on in January or December, we can end up creating a toxic environment in the soil because the plant won't use that fertilizer. It'll just sit there oh, yeah. and it'll burn the roots. So that's why fertilizing is very supportive, particularly in potting soils, because they tend to be so, you know, sort of starved of nutrient. Potting soils these days are typically a soilless mix. They have no nutritional value whatsoever. So we do need to to fertilize consistently. But I always just kind of use that March to September as my time frame for my fertilizing. March to September. Yep. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Thanks so much. Excellent. Thanks Thank for you, your Ken. call. Enjoy your show. Thank, well, thank you. you so and much. don't be a stranger, like, don't like Frank stranger. says. Come on back anytime. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, here we are. What is the time? Oh, it's 9.35. We can continue on and have we, a lot of fun here. We can. Well, and I want to keep telling you about my acorns. Baby. Oh, yeah. Your well, acorns. your acorns that yeah. are still in your pocket. I so know. I guess I know. your dead acorns. <laughs> no, no oak trees growing from I you. I reached and, into my pocket and felt uh, acorns. Acorns. For heaven's sakes. You okay. should have seen Frank out there just picking them up like a little squirrel. He was just put, put in his cheeks almost. I actually handed him a bag. I was afraid he might put them, you know, yeah. somewhere. So, <laughs> right. Collecting them for winter. This is last last weekend. But both Frank and I are on an oak tree growing binge. Yes. And I'm going to tell you more after you've soaked them what we're going to do next. Okay, very good. Right. Meantime, let's go to the lines to Mississauga Rahina waiting on the line. Hello, Rahina. Good morning. And good morning to you both. And uh, my question is my Christmas cactus. Mm-hmm. And I I have quite a few buds on the, on it, Great. and I would like to know: Should I uh, the back of it doesn't have any? Should <laughs> I rotate it, or can I just not do nothing to it? That's actually a great question. How <laughs> long have you had this this plant? Uh, I would say about four years old now. Four years old. And it's getting, it's a nice size, but not overgrown yet. Yeah. Okay, so you know why that's such a great question? The older varieties of Christmas cactus, so, you know, the plants that our grandmothers grew and gave us pieces of, those ones, once they have buds on them, we don't want to turn them. Okay. Because if you turn them in the window, um, the plant, it's like a little um, universal joint. The the flowers swivel back to the light, and they fall off. That's what happened to me last year. I was wondering. That's what I've done. Yep. But some of the newer varieties are far better at holding on to their buds so that when you turn the plant and the buds swing to the window, they stay on. So oh, if you've well, had that's what I should yeah. do after this holiday then. Yeah. So if you've had the experience of the buds dropping when you when you spun it last year, don't spin it this year. Okay. But yes, as soon as it's gonna be a bit tricky. As soon as you can, do spin it because otherwise you're gonna find it's very lopsided. It'll, all the growth will be on one side and not the other. Right, that's what I've experienced. So 
Uh, this new one, you would get it at any uh, service store that uh, carries that? Yeah, a good garden center should, you know, any good you know, quality garden center should be selling newer varieties, uh, depending on where, you know, what grower they've purchased them from, uh, oh, yeah. of the Christmas cactus that shouldn't drop their buds. But it's a bit a bit hard to know for sure. I think it's more of a trial and error. You sort of oh, finds it out as you did. <laughs> try so, spinning it. If the buds fall, then you know not to do that. Perhaps I should keep that one and try a new one? Uh, worth a try. There's lots. So many out there, so many gorgeous colors, uh, you know, all the time. These oranges and pinks and peaches, oh, white, I red. I wasn't aware that mine is pink. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't aware oh, there's that many colors. All in it, shades. Charming. No, they're lovely. And so certainly in your travels out in the stores, if you see another one, they're not super expensive, and there's a lot of them out there right now. Okay, then. All right, enjoy. Thank and you, thank Rahina. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. Bye-bye for Bye-bye now. now. Okay, you're listening to AM740 Zoomer Radio, The Garden Show, with uh, Charlie Dobb, and I'm the souk chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here and then come back to other callers. Line, uh, by the way, we've got a free line there at 416-360-4740 or uh, anywhere in the province. It's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's talk a little bit about Sierra Sil, uh, our good friends who uh, are sponsored this show. That's correct. Um, yes. So, yes, uh, let's do that. You didn't want to, like, start working up a sweat or something to, no, to I, do I a segue uh, in? Uh, no. I, need, I need all the breath I've got to talk uh, about. I'm, I'm really excited about their new product, but you do your little Just wanted to mention that show. Sierra Sill <laughs> comes from the Sierra Mountains. Yeah. Completely natural mineral supplement taken daily, a little pills, three little pills. It is quite magical for many people. Many people find that it relieves pain in joints. Uh, not everybody. Uh, some people it doesn't seem to make a difference whatsoever. But if you, and that's why you'll know within 14 days whether this product can work for you. If it's not working for you, complete money back guarantee from the Sierra Sil people in Vancouver. This is where the phone number comes in because it's one eight seven seven joint 14 or check them on the web there's all kinds of great reviews from people that take this this particular product even uh, old arthritic dogs and cats uh, find a lot of relief uh, with Sierra Sil included in their diet never never heard that so uh, yeah so their website is lovely as well so sierrasil.ca and I'm just going to jump on with a little comment or two about their new product the topical analgesic spray you just spray on right and one uh, or two little facts here you can uh, it can be used as you're having a massage or physiotherapy it increases the blood supply to that particular area and you uh, add five or six squirts to a um, running bath and your whole body will feel the benefit and it, it's beautiful the smell is absolutely gorgeous <laughs> like you oh, fell out of a pine tree I, like I just fell out of a pine tree that's, <laughs> <Is> that Frank <laughs> that's, that is Sierra Sil S-I-E-R-R-A S-I-L don't change the radio station Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, Charlie, uh, here we are uh, set to take a little trip uh, to Bob Cajun in just a moment, but you've got a couple of little things you wanted to squeeze on there. Well, thank you. I I just want, before (laughs) we get into real winter, I mentioned, empty your hoses, get them indoors, shut off the outdoor water, open those taps, avoid any issues that way. Remember, if you have rain barrels, get those emptied down as well. Avoid the breaking and cracking that can happen if water is still in your rain barrels. Excuse me, many people bring the rainwater indoors in pails, so they've got it to water their house plants if you've got room and energy to do that. Uh, And um, remember, if you've got any bulbs, you've got tomorrow... 
and Monday to get them in the ground. Oh, right. Okay. It's going to get very cold on Tuesday, but the ground's nice, still nice and warm and soft. So you've got garlic or any tulips or daffodils, yeah, yeah. any of that stuff. Many of us forget, right? We stash them away and then two weeks from now go, ooh, Ooh, missed that chance. So get that stuff in the ground in the next couple of days. Good ideas all. Okay. Out to Bob Cajun. Let's have a word with David. Good morning, David. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Uh, Charlie, wondering what your advice is on wrapping uh, evergreens, ornamental uh, cedar and spruce. Okay, spruce generally you wouldn't ever need to wrap because they're super hardy. And uh, the only okay, remember why we wrap evergreens. Last year was a perfect example of what happens when the ground is frozen for a long period of time. The wind blows on the evergreens, desiccates the leaves, and the ground is frozen, so the plant get in, can't get moisture back in to the plant, and it, the plant turns brown. So we saw this spring a lot of brown yews. We saw junipers. We saw cedars, boxwood, southwest sides, brown, yellow, because of the sun and the wind when the ground was frozen. So the reason we wrap is for plants that are very exposed in windy situations or areas where they're going to get a lot of sun in the late winter, and the wrapping will help shield that desiccation to help that browning that happens as a result of it. Yeah, that would sound about uh, about right for me. I, uh, I, I've had mixed results. I, I build these teepees you mm-hmm. know, of uh, two-by-twos okay, good. and staple a burlap to them. Okay. But I had mixed results last winter. I still had some kill on the, on the south side of these trees. Even with the little teepee over top? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. So, so there you go. The, you know, the wind was such, and, for, and it was partially because the ground was frozen for so long. So one thing we can do, I mean, go ahead with your teepees. Um, sometimes what I'll just do is the, the two-by-twos into the ground in uh, basically making like a tube or a, a column around the evergreens, wrapping the burlap, leaving the top open. Oh, yeah. That way there's good air circulation. And I'll just, when snow falls and the snow drops down into the burlap, that's great. Or our leaves can go in depending on the size of the evergreen. But the idea is we're, we're, in, we're getting some air around the plant as partially a bit of an insulation, but we're shielding the plant from that drying wind and, and you're drying not suffocating. sun. So, so it's wind more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it is wind more than anything else. And I thought it was ice, maybe. No, it's wind and sun that, that dry it all out. So the other thing is, even though I keep saying bring in your hoses, make sure your ground, uh, your gardens, particularly the, uh, the soil around your evergreens, is thoroughly saturated before you bring in your hoses. It's too late for that. We're frozen up here. Are you really, eh? Are you? Oh yeah, Bob Cajun. I guess. Now, just one other question. Well, I bet your ground isn't frozen. Gee, David, you know what? You're only really allowed well, one this is the one same question. Topic, Frank. Pardon me. <laughs> Don't pick on me. This is the same topic. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay? Can I can I do away with the TPs and just wrap directly? Well, the problem. are getting pretty big now. Yeah. So the problem with wrapping directly, and you do see those little wrapped. Mm. Um, they look like mummies along the side of the highways. Mm-hmm. What can happen is if you wrap too tightly, then. Cold night, cold air inside that plant, sun comes up in the morning, that cold air is still trapped in there. And we can actually do more damage than good if we wrap too tightly. So that's the challenge with the wrapping thing. Because mm-hmm. I see lots of them up here. They've just wrapped the tree with no, uh, yeah. no wood around them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. right. So they'll just do the burlap and the twine. Yeah. I mean, again, with well-watered... Uh, and But it, it's really... 
spruce is a good example of something that should never need to be wrapped unless it's a salt spray situation where we need to protect from salt or like we said it's just going to be so windy we need to protect from wind so wrap loosely if you're going to wrap and of course yeah tie that burlap and make sure the ground is really really wet but you say your ground is frozen I'd be surprised how much snow do you think you have on the ground Six inches, I guess. Yeah. I'd be surprised if the ground is frozen, though, because it's been so mild up until, what, the last two yeah, weeks? Yeah, you could be right. So, I mean, certainly it's probably a little bit of crust of, of freezing on the top, but if you move that snow and get out your shovel, I bet you could dig down pretty You're easily. Right. You know, knowing Charlie as well as I do, uh, David, uh, I think she's volunteering to come up there with her <laughs> shovel and help you. Well, that's what I was kind of calling. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> Only a Frank comes with me. Oh, lovely. <laughs> got quite a handful there, Charlie. Frank under control. <laughs> no kidding. Thanks for that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much. All right. Thank Good you, luck Dave. with those evergreens. And Bob Cajun, what a beautiful part oh, of the no country. Kidding. Just cottage country. Oh, lovely, lovely. Well, but clearly David lives there. He yeah. Doesn't, probably doesn't live in a cottage. He probably has a house. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> house <is>. country. <laughs> Quit patting me on the head like that. <laughs> Stanley. Uh, no, uh, we're going to get to Stanley in just a moment. Yes, yes. Susan, though, is on the line from Union. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm calling regarding my hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends gave it to me eight years ago when my mother, my mom passed away, and it, it's just beautiful. It's been out on the deck mm. and in the sun all summer, and I bring it in, put it in a, in my um, little nook off my kitchen. It's facing south. Lovely. And it's survived now. It's going into its ninth year. Uh-huh. When I brought it in this year, I like I spray it and wash it and rinse it and and make sure the soil is clean and and uh, all, most of the leaves dropped off and now it it looks like it's coming back, but some of the leaves are quite um, it's very sparse. Um, it looks like all through the plant, it's about two to three feet. Um, there is green coming mm-hmm. um, and it and also these little looks like little grass. Um, like grass would grow, like little straight lines of or like little tufty, and a couple of the leaves are are they're bumpy and hard. And if I break them off, and it's like I oh. can't describe it. It's like wow. you can press the bumps, and they kind of like you do with that paper, you know that. Um, oh, bubble wrap. Yep. Yeah, and mm. I sprayed it again a few times with with soap and water to see if maybe there's. Some bugs on it. I can't see any bugs on it. I don't water it only when the few leaves that are there are mm-hmm. droopy. Mm-hmm. But it really looks awful. Sounds awful. Uh, okay, so a couple of things. Are you, do you have any kind of a garden center or you know sort of skilled people in your yeah, area? You can and yeah. Oh, perfect. There you go. So what you do is take one of these leaves, particularly one that's showing bumpiness and oddity, or and at the same time, I'd even take a photograph uh-huh. with your phone or whatever into Cannondale. Okay. Uh, talk to the smart people there because they have some really very, you know, some excellent staff uh-huh. and uh, get them to help identify what's going on. It sounds to me like you might have an insect infestation. Okay. So the bigger challenge will be because we don't use toxic stuff anymore, uh-huh. we have to know what the bug is. We have to know what we're working with in order to stop it in its tracks. Okay. Um, you know, there was a time when you could just pour some, some serious poison into the soil and the plant would absorb the poison and whatever was on the plant would die uh-huh. but that's no longer the case so now it's all about uh, like i say knowing knowing the insect knowing the life cycle and doing the right thing at the right time 
Okay. 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 Can I send a picture to you and you can have a look at it? I'm happy to try, but probably one of those things would be best uh, face-to-face, but for sure, send it to me, and uh, as soon as you get off the phone, my sous chef will give out my email address. Yes, indeed. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Charlie. Thanks. All right, Susan. Bye-bye. Give give Susan just a moment to run for a pen and pencil Mm -hmm. uh, or a piece of paper there, so jot down Charlie Dobbins' uh, email address. Here it is, C. Dot Dobbin, that's D O B B I N at M Z Media dot com. Okay, C dot Dobbin, D O B B I N at M Z Media dot com. And Charlie, you know, uh, here we are in southern Ontario looking way north mm-hmm. for the next caller. We're going up to North Bay in just a couple Excellent. of moments. Yeah, Stanley's waiting on the line, though. So we're, we're going to be talking to him and maybe get a weather forecast from North Bay. Uh-huh. Wow, stay tuned. The Garden Show returns after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden, uh, going up north now Mm -hmm. to say hi to Stanley from North Bay. Hi, uh, Stanley. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's uh, Powassan. It's about oh, 30 yeah. kilometers south of North. I know okay. where Powassan, Powassan is. Yep. All right. yeah. Welcome to the show. So the violets. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I usually do is just uh, cu- cut some pieces off, mm-hmm. stick them in the water, mm-hmm. put them in the uh, window where they get the sun. Mm-hmm. Is that a good way to, to regrow them? Mm, have you ever done that before? Yes. Um, it can work, but it's a bit variable. The, the leaves can just rot in the water. Well, sometimes they have, and sometimes they have, and I guess yeah, it all depends. It does. When I did this way, way back at university, we're talking about African violets here. Yeah, that's right. The how to propagate. Yes, you can grow, like from one leaf, you can grow like 50 violets, believe it or not. Yeah. But it's all about how you treat that leaf, and of course, timing is partially important mm. too. We, um, we suspended leaves into water using tinfoil over the top of a jar or a glass, little slit in the tinfoil, and then suspending the violet because you don't want the, the, the whole leaf right underwater. You just want the, you want to go past the stem to the base, just, just almost where the, the bottom of the blade begins. And yeah, a little plant can start to grow there. Or you can slice the, the leaf up into a bunch of slices and then you stick those slices vertically into po- moist potting soil. And again, new little, little plants will start to grow where you've uh, severed the leaves. It's, quite, it's amazing how they, how they grow. But yeah, have some fun with it. Try some different things. There's various and sundry ways, whether wow. using water or moist, uh, moist sand, moist vermiculite, moist potting soil. Any of those things can work as yeah, well. I have other years I didn't know if it was... Uh, uh, starting this time of the year would be better or not as good? Typically, this is not the optimal time because the days are still getting shorter. Yeah, well, I put it in the front when it still gets the sun as much as it can, you know. Right. No, I understand. But but physiologically, plants know that the days are getting shorter and they are setting themselves up for a little sleep. It's a long winter nap for everybody when it comes to plants and animals. I wish we could. (laughs) That's what you should do with most all your plants, as you say, keep rotating them around, eh? That's right. Turn them in the window, of course, to you know, yeah. maximize optimal shaping of the plant. Yeah. And I think you'll find you'll have your best success with the propagation of the African violets starting in January. Yeah. Okay. So have you actually uh, done anything to up the power on your state radio station or not? Uh, no. Are you listening via Internet? No, I'm just listening by AM radio. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, because sometimes it's, it's better than other times. So I didn't know if they had, you know, upped it because uh, up here... Uh, 
We don't have very good radio reception no. in yeah. many stations. No, that's, well, that's right. You're that pretty. Far north. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's because of the. Um, I was going to say mountains, but it's the rocks and the hills. Yeah. But it's. I think it's very much climate environmental. So you, you're the signal will travel better in certain weather conditions have, than have others. Got a, it can, seems to be a little bit better this year. I didn't know if okay. they had done something or not. No, oh. I don't think so. But uh, Stanley, do, do you have a computer at home? No, no, I don't have. Oh, that. okay. I was going to yeah. say you can listen online, but yeah. Gee, I'm, I'm glad you got us. Yeah, thank, thank that's good kindly. to hear that it's coming through clearly. So thank you for calling. Bye for now. Alrighty, Have a good one. Take care. Okay, uh, we've got about a minute that's and a half. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wait, what is signal? Well, that's a hell of a long way up there. Well, it's four, well North, yeah, North Bay. Bay. It's 400 kilometers. Yeah. It's four hours. Yeah. Well, that just goes to show how big our broadcast that's what I mean. footprint is. It's I know. huge. Well, huge. It's, it's us. I think yeah. it's our it's the sparkle <laughs> and electricity of <laughs> oh, our personalities. Oh, that here we are. Sends yeah. the, the we're beam. All, we're also wonderful. <laughs> I'm telling you, we are wonderful. And humble. And humble, too. Yes. Right. We have one minute left. Yeah. Okay, now you You've got your acorns. You've yes. been soaking them. The floaters you've discarded. The right. ones that sunk to the bottom you're keeping. Now you have a choice. You can go straight outside with your acorns and plant them in a, where you want to grow oak trees. But you've got to protect them from the squirrels because those squirrels oh, yeah, will dig yeah. them up and any critters. So, you know, there's a lot of little sort of wire mesh to get them under okay. the ground. Let them be. By May, they'll be germinating and you should be seeing a little, little really? sprout in June if you plant this is black oak we're talking about oh. if you plant it now. However, you might want to grow these um, as in, in a potted situation yeah. rather than straight out in the ground. If so, take those sunken acorns, little moist potting soil, right. into a Ziploc bag, into the refrigerator, okay. 12 weeks. Refrige, not the freezer. Not the freezer. Refrigerator, okay. 40 to 50 degree Fahrenheit is what we want. Okay. And you and I will speak again next week about what to do in 11 weeks. Okay, I'm going to Hyatt Park right after we get off the okay. show and pick up some... Uh, and get him in the water. All right. Hey, James Patrick Dooley, thank yes, you. Yes, thank you, James. Thanks so much, Frank. As always, couldn't do it without you. Thanks to our great callers. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.